Hey, all right, everyone. Welcome to episode number 18, Heal Thyself. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for rating. Thank you all for reviewing. Thank you all for subscribing. This is wonderful stuff. I'm getting such good feedback from everyone. I love how you all are bringing people on, your family members, your parents, grandparents, best friends, whatever it is. The beautiful thing is that we're spreading awareness. The beautiful thing is that we're spreading empowerment. The beautiful thing is that we're holding companies accountable. Look at the change we've been making in 18 shows. We have over 100,000 views um, or downloads on iTunes. So that's really, really awesome stuff. I'm forever grateful. I love you all. I truly do. All right. Today's show, no special guests. I will be going over Q&As, rapid fire, all different types of questions. I've asked uh, you all to submit some questions. Got over probably about 500, it looked like. It was just pages upon pages. So I answered as many as I could, I promise. But we will always do Q&As when there's no uh, guest available. Uh, so you can all get your questions answered as best as possible. Knowledge bomb wise, I'll talk a little bit about that's going to seep into the Q&As. So what we're going to do it is knowledge bomb and Q&As as a whole. But I will be reviewing a product that I want to talk about. But before I go into that, let me just go into something about accountability because it's sort of the theme of my week and the people that I've been having around me and attracting around me is empowering them and instilling accountability, right? So uh, the other day I had this event and I was running late. I was about 10 minutes away. On the clock, it would be 10 minutes away, but on traffic and everything, it said about 20 minutes. I go, shit, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. I immediately looked outside of me to look what to blame. I go, whoa, this is LA traffic. What's going on here? And I looked at, um, well, I shouldn't have had to do this. And regardless, putting that power on things outside of you, we sort of lose capability of changing that, which we can. And we can. We can be accountable. So instead, I put it on me. I said, you know what? I could have left earlier. I could have not done this. I could have not done that. By empowering myself, I can change the reality for the future when there's instances where accountability is important. And it's not just in a situation or circumstance where you're running late, it can be many things. You can, If you're holding yourself accountable for the people around you, the places around you, the situations, the circumstances, then you're becoming all more powerful to make changes, right? And there's certain cir- circumstances that are quote unquote outside of your power, outside of your change. But then the other question is how are you reacting to that, right? can have a really shitty partner and living with them and married with them and maybe no plans for divorce. But the question is, is how are you reacting to situations with them? Because that's the empowering part. You can at any given time choose to come from ego or you can come from something deeper, right? Your soul coming from love. So can you approach every situation with love? That's a quick aside I wanted to make before we jump into the science stuff. But yeah, be empowered, be accountable, take, um, take an audit of your life, write it out, write it out. What's not serving you versus what truly is serving you and then make that change. Okay. It's very easy and, uh, you're all empowered to do it. Today's product review is going to be on none other than hand sanitizer, okay? This became pretty popular a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, actually. Um, But everyone has a hand sanitizer pack in their bag or their purse. It's a quick, easy way to keep yourself clean, keep yourself away from those germs, especially when you're touching on a bar stool or bar or cement or dirt, whatever it is. Look, hand sanitizer, it's good stuff when you're choosing the right one, right? Because there is a spectrum. And I want to talk about 
the one that I don't like. I brought in one that I do like, and then one I want to speak about other ones that are out there that I tend to use too, okay? But before we go into that, one of the old ingredients for hand sanitizer and any antibacterial soap was triclosan. And triclosan is a nasty, nasty chemical. It's one of the top nasty ones. It's been banned, but companies are now using an alternative form of it called triclocarbon. But triclosan was banned as an antiseptic wash for lotions and soaps um, in 2017, right? But Japan and Canada, they restricted it long before. Uh, regardless, triclosan is known to uh, cause endocrine disruption, immunotoxicity, allergies, organ toxicity. Um, it's a really nasty chemical that we do see. Um, when it comes to uh, triclosan too, it can be adulterated with other chemicals like dioxin and chloroform, and those are 10 out of 10 on the toxic scale. So triclosan, knock on wood, is, is not going to be in our, uh, in our system anymore when it comes to uh, personal care products. But like I mentioned, be careful and look in the back if there's triclocarbons. If there are triclocarbons, just know that that is a little sneaky way that we're seeing these companies uh, sort of find a loophole around it. And you can find it in soaps, uh, dental care products, personal care products, as I mentioned, deodorant. So make sure you're looking at that, okay? I wanted to make that little note. Um, <clears throat> So the really popular one is the Purell, the instant hand sanitizer. You'll see those. Sometimes you'll see them on the sinks. You'll see them in the little packets, um, even as wipes. So they're not as bad as they were they, because they did contain, contain triclosan. Uh, but there's, they're still not considered good at all. Uh, they actually have a moderate to higher moderate risk, especially uh, as per the Environmental Working Group. The problem is that they do, and I speak about pretty much every other show, is synthetic fragrance and what the effect is. As I said, synthetic fragrance, the umbrella term for many, many uh, synthetic chemicals, but uh, it's known to have a higher risk for allergies, irritations, and maybe organ toxicity. We don't know yet how far it goes. It also has a product called propylene glycol that's connected to organ toxicity, developmental toxicity. Um, and then it comes with additive risk, right? The more you're using it, that's the moderate concern. So if there's better choices out there, for about a dollar and a half, $2 more, just choose this one. So I'm gonna go over the really good ones, the better ones. So everyone has seen everyone for everybody's hand sanitizer. This is at Whole Foods and other health food stores. It's pretty much the most popular one across the board. It uses essential oils for its antibacterial properties, which is really cool. They are EWG certified, meaning the Environmental Working Group has certified them because they are fully transparent with their ingredients. They avoid um, toxins. They have good manufacturing practices. Um, yeah, and as far as the EWG's most toxic chemicals, there's none in here. So it's got the stamp of approval from this organization, which is a really trustworthy at this point organization. We never know how things can be adulterated in the future. Right now, it's trustworthy. All right, so the only blip on this is allergic concerns. Some people are allergic to some essential oils. If you are, for example, this one has peppermint and citrus, just be careful. Um, might be a different, uh, a different flavor for you to be using or a different scent, okay? There's no risk for immunotoxicity. They show no risk for cancer. Um, genotoxicity, and like I said, it's mostly essential oils. I will be doing a whole show on essential oils, so don't even worry about going into a, what, what essential oil does this, what does this, we'll go into it. The other uh, hand sanitizing product I use, well, there's two. I know doTERRA, which is the essential oil one, has On Guard. I have a little stick that I use, I have it in my book bag in case I need to wash my hands for 
emergency situations or whatever. And then I know Thieves is a pretty good one too. Um, much better than the Purell one, these three that I mentioned. So yeah, really easy, easy interventions, not that much more and worth it. It goes a long way. Just remember, we can't get rid of everything around us, but these small little changes are additive, all right? So look, that's the product review. Make sure you're uh, aware now of the power of essential oils when it comes to cleaning the hands, antibacterial properties. Know I'll do a show on it. And I really hope that uh, we've changed your perspective on hand sanitizers. Okay, so you guys are usually used to a special guest and I'm used to a special guest and these guests are very special. They change the game. They uh, really drop some good knowledge bombs, put their brain on the table. We pick it apart and we learn so much. But today, I hope I can live up to all of your expectations and answer your Q&As. I've done this before, I think episode 10. It got some really good reviews, so why not? Um, let's mix it up. Let's answer some questions. These are all from the Instagram audience as per my Q&A. What is a good body wash and lotion for kids? Know that I'm going to do a kids episode. I have the one of my favorite uh, pediatric naturopathic doctors coming in next month from Silicon Valley. So that's going to be such a good show. So just sit tight. But I will be going over a few right now. So body wash wise, I know that Zoe Organics, Zoe Organics, when it comes to body wash and lotion, is really one of the top ones because they use simple ingredients. What I like to see is the ingredients coming from their whole ingredients, right? They're not synthetic man-made chemicals uh, where there's 80% whole ingredients and then some of those synthetic chemicals. I just like having the peace of mind of those whole chemical uh, of the whole ingredients that Zoe Organic use. So really good. Listen, I got no attachment to them. I'm not sponsored by them. I just want to talk about them. Um, Alafia, Alafia, I think that's the name. That is the um, a good another good body wash. I find really low um, when it comes to toxicity rating on environmental working group. And then Dr. Bronner's. It's always one of the top ones because they really have good practices, manufacturing, and environmental and social responsibility. Really cool company to get behind. The same goes with lotion. Dr. Bronner's has a good body lotion. And then everyone, the, the company that I just went over for the um, hand sanitizer, they have another good lotion too. So look, check it out. As I always say, go in environmental working group. You could type in lotions and then see the rankings and then go from yourself. Maybe you just buy it online. Just You can go over the ingredients yourself. Um, next question. Common vitamins and mineral deficiencies. All right. That's just that that's a broad question, but there are many common vitamin and mineral deficiencies, right? The food is not what our grandparents used to eat. The food is not what our ancestors used to eat. They're not as nutritionally dense. We know that. We've adulterated the soil so much. Okay, we get that. Maybe there's a place for supplementation um, for many of these. I'll talk about that later. Regardless, what we know is that 44% um, of the Americans are stressed. This, you see where I'm going with this? What does stress do to the body? Well, stress is a forest fire. It will deplete B vitamins, vitamin D. How many times do I see someone with low vitamin D on blood work? Minerals like calcium, iron, magnesium, which is across the board one of the most depleted minerals, one of the most important minerals, as, as are all of them. But uh, And then glutathione. So once we're stressed and in this world and we're exposed to these personal care products, this really shitty food, our glutathione gets depleted. That is our master antioxidant in our liver. I see that when I do nutritional testing across the board. Most of the time, glutathione is in the high need section for most people. Um, so 
so I look, I can't recommend anything, but I, I take glutathione myself, liposomal form under the tongue, two, two sprays a day. That's the way I do it, but check with your doctor, okay? So stress also depletes vitamin C, vitamin E, zinc, magnesium, like I said, B vitamins. Um, and almost 50% of adults currently are taking one pharmaceutical, right? One pharmaceutical in America, at least 50%, half, half of United States. Well, what do these pharmaceuticals do? They deplete nutrients. Tylenol, what does it deplete? I just talked about glutathione, depletes glutathione. Statins, they deplete CoQ10. Insulin depletes magnesium. PPIs, how about for heartburn? A lot of people across the board are taking that. Well, that depletes magnesium, B12, calcium, iron. So from the broad spectrum, yes, there are vitamin and mineral deficiencies. It just depends in, the, in what context. I, say, I spoke about stress because most of us are stressed on some level. Um, Unless, unless, unless you're really working at that self-care part of it. But a lot of us are on medication too, so that's why I spoke, I spoke about um, deficiencies when it comes to, or depletions when it comes to medication. What you can do is ask your naturopathic or a functional doctor or a functional practitioner to order a, a nutrient uh, analysis. And you can do it from, the two I like to use is Genova Nutraval. Genova Nutraval is my favorite one. It's the most comprehensive. You see, you can also see some heavy metals on it, vitamins, minerals. You could see the state of your digestive system. Really good one. SpectraCell is a good one. It just focuses on micronutrients. Um, I actually got the results of mine two days ago. They look good across the board, actually. This is really cool to see. So, it, it, But that just focuses on vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and the state of your immune system. It's a really good one, too. So ask your doctors about that. Ask your practitioners about that. Get it done if you're worried about where you're at so you can make an intervention without shooting in the dark. All right, so the best recommendations on quantum physics for nine science people. All right, look, I talk about quantum physics all the time. Quantum physics is the most intriguing thing for me in science, period. I've been on it for more than 10 years already. I love it. It is a way of understanding scientifically what is our relationship to the world around us and how reality is created. Crazy stuff. If you have not gotten into it, get into it. So two recommendations. There's one called Quantum Physics for the Beginners. It's a beginner's guide. And then Quantum Physics Made Easy. These are for non-science people to have an understanding of it. There's also some really good um, videos out there that you can just watch on YouTube. That's the way I started doing it. Um, for those with a more science background, I'm reading Biocentrism, amazing book, um, tying quantum physics into the consciousness or reality that we experience, and then The Self-Aware Universe by Amit Goswami. Amazing books, get into it. If you have not touched on quantum physics, I promise you it will like that emoji blow your mind. It's really cool stuff. Botox, yay or nay? Really, really good question. I'm in LA, I feel like it's yay across the board here, but let me talk about it, all right? One of the toxins produced by clostridium, that's, that's what Botox is, clostridium uh, botulinum. It produces these, uh, but these neurotoxins, and we've we've sort of put them in a bottle and we use them as Botox. Why? Because it interferes with the communication between the nerve cell and the muscle cell, that junction. And then you're, it's stopping these uh, neurotransmitters from being released. And what happens is, as a result, the muscle becomes flaccid or the tissue or the organ becomes flaccid. So it's really interesting mechanism behind it, and I get how it can help people with functional um, spasticities, right? Like let's say there's um, that one of your muscles are, are super spastic. Well, it'll help relax it. Um, but it also is used as, you know, more popularly in cosmetics. So um, we need to be aware of a few things. Botox, just because it's being uh, administered, is not always safe. All right. You can find hypersensitivity in people. Sure. A lot of people can be super sensitive to Botox. Um, 
infections and the risk of dissemination of the spread of that neurotoxin is very real. It can happen for people. It has happened. It's led to death and, um, and different, uh, it, it can lead to uh, paralysis of your respiratory organs. So just know that before you do, do uh, Botox, if and when you do it, to be fully aware and informed of what the risks are. Now, they're not super high risk. Most people don't have experienced any of these, but there's there's um, possibility for adverse risk. So make sure your practitioner is telling you all about this. As of 97 to 2006, there's been a 180 adverse uh, events recorded and 16 deaths from Botox. So they happen. There should be no deaths. So just be very aware if you are choosing to do it that you're informed. All right, healthiest vitamin D3 supplement, the sun by far. Um, get out there, spend 20 minutes. Um, if you have sensitivity or history of skin cancer, then yes, you can use supplementation, but get out there. The sun is the most important thing when it comes to the vitamin D3 hormone. I call it a hormone, it's not a vitamin. Um, yeah, get out there, put your feet in the ground and let, let, let earth do its job about supplementing you with vitamin D, not this company or that company, all right? So, okay, somebody asked about the benefits of immunotherapy. I just wanted to speak really quickly about that. Um, immunotherapy is utilized a lot in cancer therapy, so uh, it's, 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 a, it's a new hot way of treating cancers, but not all cancers. It's only um, approved for certain cancers. It's a biological therapy. It basically helps the immune system attack a cancer cell. So what happens is cancer has these cloaking mechanisms. They hide from the immune system and they do it well. So uh, in many ways, immunotherapy sort of exposes the cancer cell. Um, tags them so the immune cells know where to go or what to attack. So it's really cool. But it, like, like every uh, pharmaceutical, it doesn't come without the other side of side effects. So really important to know that you are informed if and when you do immunotherapy, okay? Uh, Flu-like symptoms, uh, immune immune changes, right? You can develop autoimmune disease just from immunotherapy, inflammation, um, diabetes. You can have inflammation of the pituitary gland, which is something that happens with immunotherapy. So like all cancer therapy, it does not come without risk. Unfortunately, that's the way it is um, when it comes to conventional cancer therapy. So just be aware before you do anything. You should, be, you should have read all of the dots of the I's, all of the crosses of the T's, all the periods inside out before you make a decision on anything. You should never be pressured to do anything by your doctor, okay? All right, the thoughts on functional versus naturopathic doctors, pretty much doing the same thing. Medicine is medicine. Look, medicine is medicine as long as it's approached with responsibility, utilizing evidence, and making sure to get to the root cause, right? It's, for me, I'm a big proponent of working integratively of all disciplines working on their strength, right? For the patient, because different things work for different people. Okay, but um, functional doctors are usually IFM certified. That's Institute of Functional Medicine. Um, these practitioners sit for a test, they pass a test, they're certified by IFM to practice functional medicine. Naturopathic doctors go to medical school for four years. They're board certified, they take two board exams. So at the end of the day, we do a lot of the same tests. We approach medicine in, in, in various ways. Um, we, we, as naturopathic doctors, we tend to have more tra training in botanical medicine and different modalities. So for as a rule of thumb, naturopathic doctors tend to have a lot more modalities, whereas institute of, uh, or, uh, functional doctors, especially if coming from the medical school route, they have more education on pharmaceuticals, right? Which makes sense, right? They have more pharmacology, longer, extensive, in-depth pharmacology, and 
we learn about the different modalities to treat. At the end of the day, integratively, we all work together, we get the patient better. Birth control options, this is a really good question, um, especially for people trying to get pregnant or avoid pregnancy um, because, well, I'll go into a little bit about birth control, but really important is if you're trying to get pregnant or even avoiding pregnancy, or even a man or a woman should be doing hormone testing, right? Just to know where you're at, especially if outside substances and agents are affecting your hormone, it's really important. To me, the top test is the Dutch test. Um, I do it all the time, every other patient gets it. Um, it's an excellent test, ask your doctor for it. Okay, so fertility awareness method is basically the method where they use different um, approaches for uh, either, either promoting fertility or not trying to get pregnant. Symptothermal method is the method where there's, it's a different form of birth control. It's basically cervical mucus changes, uh, morning temperature changes, and tracking your fertile period. That method is, uh, you, you'll see pregnancies of 0.6 to 1.8 pregnancies per 100 women. That's pretty good. If it goes down to 0.6 pregnancies per 100 women with this method, it's good stuff. The thing is, it takes diligence. It takes consistency. You have to track, again, cervical mucus, morning temperature changes, and your fertile period. There are different devices out there like DAISY or Natural Cycles, which can be really helpful. But you always check your temperature in the morning. That's called a basal body temperature before you're moving around, before you're, uh, before you're eating anything. That's the most important part because that's going to be able to help you show because you're at different cycles and different parts of your period your body temperature changes, okay? So it can be really effective if you do it consistently and if you accurately know your body. And again, this brings us back to, brings women back to being in touch with their body, all right? So, um, and then for the cervical mucus method, you're basically looking at your cervical secretions. It's called the Billings ovulation method and uh, you're recording how your secretions look at different parts of your cycle. When it comes to birth control, so according to the National Cancer Institute, there's different evidence as far as the effect of birth control when it comes to cancer or the risk. We, we, we may or may not see an increased risk of breast or cervical. Those are the most concerning ones, but there could be a decreased risk of different cancers. Regardless, the risk falls when you get off of birth control. But that doesn't mean birth control is safe, right? If we're still kind of in the dark, may or may not increase cancers, what we do know is it can affect the microbiome we know it can increase blood clots, risk for pulmonary embolism, all right? That's what happens when estrogen is going up and down in your body. Um, it can affect other hormones for sure. Um, uh, if you remember, I had Dr. Jolene Brighton on one of these shows, and she spoke about the effect of testosterone, right? It just goes in the dumps uh, when you're on birth control, and then your thyroid hormone too. She also talked about inflammation. Uh, increase of C-reactive protein, which is a general inflammatory marker, oxidative stress, which can really affect our cellular DNA over time, which again, could put you at risk for as the aforementioned cancers, and then depletion of things like antioxidants, B vitamins, minerals, zinc, and selenium. So really important if you are on birth control to visit your other options. If it's taking care of your acne, it's not taking care of it, it's just suppressing it, right? So pay close attention to what birth control is doing for you and know that 
you might have to get to the root cause at a certain point. I don't think people should be on birth control their lives. Absolutely not. I think it's I think it's I think it's crazy. I think that's that's like throwing a monkey wrench into our body systems and then putting a band-aid over it and going, Oh, you're good. Bragg's liquid aminos. This is pretty cool. A lot of people use these. Um, it's not organic. So if somebody asked, What do I do? Is it organic? Is it all right? Um, liquid aminos are basically extracted amino acids from things like tofu or tempeh and then mixed with water. All right. It's used as a, sort of like a, a, a soy sauce or a sauce for cooking alternatively. Um, but remember, I want, I want to bring you back. That product itself is a non-GMO certified, right? What the heck does that mean? I remember, I remember I told you, okay, tofu, that's a GMO crop, but it doesn't mean that there's not the absence of glyphosate and other pesticides. Non-GMO only means that there's no genetically modified tofu. Most of the time, genetically modified tofu will be sprayed with glyphosate. So it implies that there's no glyphosate, but it doesn't guarantee it. And it certainly doesn't guarantee the, uh, the omission of other pesticides as well. So really important. Also, when you see the non-GMO label, it doesn't include things that use glyphosate as a desiccant or a drying agent. That's like oats. That's like wheat, right? So pay close attention to that too. Um, so what you really want to do is go for something with the organic label, like um, the coconut aminos have the organic label, um, and um, look for it on glass, right? Because there's a uh, Proposition 65 um, label when you go to buy it online. If you're in California, that tells you because it has BPA and it's connected to different cancers. What juicer do you recommend? All right, the one I have is the Omega. It's a slow masticating juicer. What it uses is uses uh, cold. It's cold pressed. It doesn't, it doesn't generate heat to break down these really essential enzymes. And because of that, you're, you can store these juices for two to three days. It's really cool. Um, the centrifugal ones, uh, I used to have this like Jacqueline one when I was younger, and that's the one that would create more heat. Make sure that when you are uh, drinking juice to actually chew, I know it sounds weird, but yeah, that's that's increasing the release of certain enzymes in your mouth. So it's really, really important to do that. What aspects of naturopathic medicine made you dive into the profession? The way it approaches disease, period. Um, root cause, looking at holism, right? Not looking at systems or parts, not looking at the summation of how everything works together, right? Um, like you can specialize in, in, let's say, gastroenterology, like really focus on the gut, but still, you can't be a naturopathic gastroenterologist and because that implies that you just have a microscope there on the gut, forgetting about everything else because that's what conventionally we see a lot of. So we can't forget how all of the things interact with each other. All the systems interact with each other, the nervous system, digestive system, immune system, all detox, all, all things as one. That's, that's the most attractive part of medicine, period. Getting to the root cause, I mean, that should go without saying, listening to the patient um, and looking at all the powerful evidence out there that's, that we see that is alternative. Like, you'd be surprised if you start looking for these approaches and modalities that are used. There's good, abundant data out there. So that's, that's, that's some really cool stuff. And then I was just sick of the paradigm, the, the, the sick care paradigm, getting treated, a pill for an ill. I was just over it. So that's the, the most attractive part for me. For someone else, yeah, think about it. If you have your own doctor, maybe it's different reasons, but yeah. All right, personally, what vitamins do I take? Um, sometimes I'll take a multivitamin, not always. Um, sometimes I tend to skip meals or 
be really in the rush where I'm not putting enough, enough love into my meals. So I make sure that those days to take a multivitamin. I do take some concentrated minerals. I use that in my water filter, which purifies really well, including minerals. But we shouldn't be getting our minerals from water anyway. We should be getting from food. But I add some minerals, especially if I'm active. As a vegan, I do B12. Um, it's usually synthesized by microbes, but we're, again, we're not eating carrots from the ground with dirt on them, rightfully so. So we're not getting that B12 like uh, cows are or chickens are getting it from the dirt into their body. Um, I, I tend to take uh, something for my adrenal. I tend to take something for my liver to protect it. Especially living in Los Angeles, you want to give some love to your liver. Everyone should be taking something for their liver or at least paying attention to their liver health. Really important. Um, and adrenal... I mean, I'm, I'm always doing something, so I want to protect my, my adrenal glands, sometimes some gut stuff, and certainly some anti-inflammatory stuff, especially if I'm working out a lot, okay? Um, what should we look for when searching for a functional dentist? Well, there's no organization for functional dentists, which is really important to understand. There is an organization for biological dentistry, that's the IAOMT. That organization um, overlooks or can, is a database for your, the closest biological dentist to you. Um, but really, you want to make sure... And this is a new trend in dentistry. This is a new trend. We had Dr. Stephen Lin here, and he just blew our minds. It's one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. Um, but, but when it comes to functional dentistry or biological dentistry, your practitioner should understand that the mouth is not separate from the body. There's, there's very intimate effects between the microbiome of the mouth and the rest of the body, the uh, pathogenic organisms in the mouth and how it affects different tissues in the body like the heart. So really important that you have a dentist who understands this and is not pushing to put, uh, let's say, uh, amalgam fillings in your teeth because one of my first shows was on amalgam fillings. You can listen to my rant on that. I'm pretty passionate about it because I had a lot of them in my mouth. Um, and I've known people who've got them out and done better. Um, so it's, they have an expansive look looking at the whole and they are well-versed in nutrient deficiencies, right? How is the formation of our teeth, especially in pediatrics, the formation of the jaw coming from nutrients? So these are the type of dentists, that, the new trend in dentists that are coming out. I know the audience is mostly women, but I'm gonna answer this question because it's really cool. And we gotta empower the men out there. And there's a lot of women trying to get pregnant. And when you go to your fertility doctor, a lot of the time, they'll focus and put the magnifying glass on you without looking at your partner. The man's health in the context of fertility is just as important. Pay close attention. It's just as important. We know that there's been falling sperm count. That's real. Ever since the past 38 years, we've been shown men to have 59% less sperm than we did 38 years ago. Why? Well, now we need to pay close attention to this, right? Because us as men, we want to be we want to we want to be able to uh, reproduce. We want to have a healthy kid if and when we do have children. Okay, so uh, there's a negative association with alcohol. Of course, we are, we've known that for quite a while. Alcohol affects sperm count. The more alcohol you drink, the more shitty your sperm is. All right, uh, and it, like I mentioned, increases more with drinks. Total sperm count and morphology. So what that happens is not only do the amount of sperm go down, but the formation of them are are disrupted by alcohol. All right. It also affects testosterone. It also affects sex hormone binding globulin. All right. Two really important, uh, two really important factors when it comes to your hormone health and reproduction. But the big one, and you know, I love this stuff. The big one is toxic burden. As men, we are exposed to more and more 
estrogenic compounds and anti-androgenic compounds, things that lower our testosterone and raise up our estrogen. They also affect our pituitary gland and the system between our pituitary gland, which is giving us the signals to produce hormones, and our gonads, our testes. Crazy stuff. And it's affecting our DNA, causing DNA damage. What are they? BPA. This is why I talk about it all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Plasticizers and plastics and phthalates, these are really important. If something's coming in plastic, or just take a, take a little checklist as, as men, let's take a checklist and go, how much plastic am I being exposed to in a day? Write it out every time you have something or consume something from plastic and see, because you'll be surprised how much you're being exposed to. Other factors, believe it or not, dust in your house. Dust in your house holds in flame retardants. Dust in your house holds in PCBs. Dust in your house holds in phthalates. These are hormone disruptors, endocrine disruptors. This is the stuff you're breathing in, so keep a clean house, ladies and gentlemen. Body care products, I mean, we have Axe Body Spray and Old Spice. That's all shit. It has phthalates. It has BPA. That's stuff that's disrupting us. If our shower looks like you got every product from a commercial during daytime TV, then you should rethink what you're putting on your body, you know? And, and don't, let, don't let your girlfriend, your sister, your mom push you and give you this information. We as men need to be educated now, right? And advocate for ourselves. Uh, body care products, again, we're finding phthalates in there. Canned foods, that's having BPA in the lining. Cell phone radiation. We need to pay close attention to what cell phone radiation is doing, especially with the changes and the increases in cell phone EMF exposure. At me, I'll always put my phone on um, airplane mode if it's in my pocket. Always. Turn off Wi-Fi, put it on airplane mode. Why? That is, that is five inches away from my testes. Don't want my sperm being affected. All right, so pay close attention to the effect. And look, look it up. You don't believe me? Go online, check EMF's sperm count, EMF um, fertility, and you'll see the effect of it. There's going to be a whole EMF show. I can't wait for that one. Pesticides, herbicides, cigarettes, soda. We're seeing all this stuff. Food-wise, processed meats, trans fats, dairy, all crap for our sperm. And say yes to more fruits and veggies, particularly leafy greens and legumes. You're getting walnuts, pumpkin seeds, what we want is more vitamin C, more folate, more selenium, zinc, omega-3s, arginine, antioxidants, more water. These are the things that are going, that are feeding the sperm to reproduce, to grow healthy. And uh, yeah, if you're trying to get pregnant, getting your partner pregnant. All right. Empowered men listening, my hope. All right. So, ooh, I like this one. Red wine. What harm does it do? What amounts to stick to? What about organic wine? Everyone loves red wine, but... Can we get it? Can we get it responsibly? What do we need to know about it? A few things. I don't want to hear the excuse that red wine is an antioxidant and it's good for me because it has resveratrol. Because really, it takes about 41 glasses of wine to get anywhere near a therapeutic dose of resveratrol. And that's on the low end. All right. But resveratrol, awesome antioxidant. It's found in the skin of grapes. It's also found in blueberries. Um, it's an antioxidant to protect the heart, anti cancer anti-inflammatory. It's wonderful, but don't count on it being in your glass of wine. Um, if you are healthy, knock on wood, by all circumstances healthy, then one glass, they, they recommend one glass or so a day, but not going more than that. If you have a history of cancer, you certainly should be reducing your wine intake. So yeah, there's weak data that it protects the heart, so don't rely on that. Um, what you want to look for is this. Organic 
or biodynamic wine, right? When you look for wine, one, you want red over white because red has more polyphenols that don't affect the gut microbiome when it's pure the way other alcohol does. But you wanna make sure it's organic or biodynamic. Here's why. Because recently we see that 100% of the wine coming from California contained doses of glyphosate. And we know that even in those doses, small, small doses, glyphosate can affect the microbiome. Glyphosate, glyphosate is inflammatory. Glyphosate can affect the liver, even at small doses. So yeah, 100% of the wine coming from California, whether conventional or organic. Conventional had higher, but still they found it in organic. That was a report that came out maybe six months ago. All right. Also, let's pay close attention to this. There's 57,000 pounds of glyphosate or Roundup used in Napa County in 2013. 50,000 of those pounds, 50,000, most of it was used in the vineyards in Napa, Napa Valley. We also know that, um, that all the pesticides used, they used over 1.2 million in Napa uh, pounds of pesticides, and then Sonoma used over 2.1 million. This is wine country, right? I've known about this for quite a while, but yeah, as I research more, we see higher amounts of childhood cancer death rates in Napa County and Sonoma and we see higher, uh, higher amounts of breast cancer, 10 to 20 times higher than the average in Wine County. So let's play wine country. Let's pay close attention. Why? Well, my theory is the pesticides. Why can't it be? Of course, because the cancers that we're seeing are in line with the cancers that are suspected to be caused from multiple pesticide doses. Um, yeah, so if you have a predisposition, as I mentioned, to cancer, I've had cancer history, I'd reduce wine or have it very seldomly, really important. And then if you're otherwise healthy, don't go over a glass of wine, okay? Dirty Dozen, Clean 15, I talk about all the time. Um, yeah, just uh, listen to every show. It's almost on every show, but Dirty Dozen, Clean 15 is a guide on how to shop for organic and what doesn't need to be organic for in, in context of produce. You can find that Environmental Working Group, Dirty Dozen, Clean 15, 2019. Okay, baby and pediatric recommendations. As I mentioned, I'm going to have Dr. Diane Fong from, um, from Mountain View, uh, the Bay Area, come down here and have a whole all things pediatric show. Stay tuned. That'll be next month, okay? How often should we do a colon cleanse? Every day, but not the colon cleanse you think, not those uh, gimmicks that are being sold. What I meant by colon cleanse is you should be pooping every day. You have to, period. That needs to be part of your daily regimen. If, it, if you're not pooping every day and someone tells you it's normal, it's not normal. Go find a doctor that is going to help you poop every day. You have to be, okay? And here's why. Detoxification, right? You're getting rid of all the chemicals that we're exposed to from personal care products on our skin, women with makeup, um, or men, uh, eating, eating like crap, breathing this, cra this crappy air. All of that stuff conglomerates in the body. We detoxify it out. We poop it out. We pee it out. We poop it out. If we're not pooping every day, a lot of those chemicals are being reabsorbed and reabsorbed in the body. All right, and we know that there is increased risk of breast cancer for those that are not pooping every day, and it makes sense because there's reabsorption of these bile acids. Um, so if you're not pooping, look for your activity. Look for your hydration. Get out of. Get off of dairy for sure. That should be number one. L look at your stress level. Right. Where's your mental attitude? And then your gut flora. Are you dysbiotic? Is there an imbalance of that good bacteria? Fiber is the most important nutrient for me, period. All right, so pay close attention to how much fiber you're having. And think about your chain of digestion from your mouth 
to when you're pooping, right? All of the things you should be you should be uh, maximizing and optimizing, right? Chewing your food, making sure you're not drinking tons of water around meals, having having uh, adequate amount of stomach acid, right? Making sure your pancreas is functioning well, your liver is functioning well, and you can do this by you can do this with high quality food, or you could do this with the help of a functional naturopathic doctor. Okay. All right. Food combining. Food combining. All right. So there's a whole approach to food combining. Don't have this with this. Never have this with this. These two are safe to have together and you'll be in the best health of your life. Okay. I take it with a grain of salt. I don't see enough data on it to be like food combining is the thing, but I do follow it in some ways too. I don't, when I have fruit, I don't have it with anything else because I know personally, if I eat fruit with carbs or grains or, or any, any protein, I'm going to have a stomach ache. So just pay close attention to your body rather than a newfound, um, trendy approach. All right. Does excessive exercise mess with hormones? Hell yeah, it does. Excessive. So we have to be very aware of what is, um, exercising, hard training and overtraining, right? But it can absolutely affect your hormones. Um, adrenal, your adrenal is a huge target of excessive exercise. What happens is when you overtrain, you increase the amount of inflammation, you increase gut dysbiosis, affects your microbiome, right? You increase the amount of stress that your adrenals are under, which in turn affects your HPA access, the way your brain and your adrenals are communicating with each other. Um, you can possibly develop autoimmune disease, right? From the excessive, excessive inflammation, excessive gut dysbiosis, leaky gut. Okay. Um, chronic cortisol in the body, as I mentioned on the last one, has an effect on the brain, right? Chronic cortisol release, sleep, and I mentioned gut already. So if you're working out and you're not, and you're exhausted, you're not refreshed and you're overeating and you've plateaued on all of your physical gains, well, pay close attention. You might be working out way too much. Um, you should, you should feel good and have adequate rest for your body. I heard drinking Juice in the morning dilutes stomach acid and is no good. Well, look, a rule of thumb, you shouldn't be drinking when you're eating, period. Um, no more than four ounces if, if you really need to drink. But have your liquids 30 minutes after or 30 minutes before, preferably before. Be hydrated during the day so you don't need to drink when you eat. Um, and that's because, yes, there's a transient effect on your on your stomach acid, you can increase your stomach acid. By increase, I mean increase the pH. You want your stomach acid to be nice and acidic. Um, and that can, that can happen if you're drinking too much water or any fluids before. Um, really good for stomach uh, acid to lower it, to have it, um, to have it really robust for meals is things like bitters, right? Which they add to alcohol actually, but that's usually something like an herb gentian or orange peel. Those are really nice at stimulating stomach acid. Um, but conversely, some people do uh, lemon water. Some people do apple cider vinegar. That's all going to also stimulate stomach acid. Okay. Best suggestion for insulin resistance. Um, so insulin resistance happens when the body is not properly utilizing insulin and insulin is what is bringing down your blood sugar, right? When your glucose is hanging out in your blood, it needs a signal to get into the cell. And that signal is when insulin is, is opening the gates and saying, hey, glucose, come on in the cell so the cell can utilize it and we'll be happy and in balance. But that's what happens with diabetes. That's what happens with prediabetes. That's what happens when we see in PCOS. One of the best ways to reduce insulin is exercise and weight loss. Being in shape and exercising are 
pretty much the number one approaches that you can do to improving your insulin sensitivity and balancing your hormones. Making sure you're eating whole foods versus processed, right? And what I mean by whole foods is not going to whole foods and eating everything in there, but whole foods means closest to nature, less tampered with uh, the way we'd find it in nature. And even like if it's a product, it's utilizing whole foods, right? It's, it's made of things that you can, organic corn with organic lemon and organic potato, right? You, you see where I'm getting at this. You see, you see everything in its, in its whole food form. So that's so important. Sugar is an atomic bomb when it comes to insulin sensitivity. Got to get rid of that sugar. Eating more plants, eating more. And, don't, and when I say sugar, I'm not worried about fruit sugar. I'm worried about added sugar, all that crap that is in there. Fruit sugar is delivered with so many other nutrients in it. I worry so much less. Make sure you're eating, if you do have insulin sensitivity, um, fruits that are lower glycemic. So you're having things like berries, cherries, apples, rather than watermelon every day okay, or pineapple, which I do. I love both. Um, and then reducing animal products. Got to get off that dairy. If you have insulin sensitivity, reduce meat intake. And plate design. We talked about it with Maria Marlowe when she was here. Plate design, at least 50% 50, 50 of your plate being pro, uh, plant food fruits or vegetables, whatever it is, the way you, whatever you try to do it, make sure that you are having the rainbow of colors, 50% of your plate. Easy. Uh, typical food day for me, typical food day for me. Um, I don't eat that much, to be honest. I really would like to eat more, um, but um, I eat more when I work out more. So getting back in that routine, I will be eating more, but I tend to fast for about 14 to 16 hours. We know that um, what happens is uh, the glucose breakdown in your liver reduces after 14 to 16 hours, and then you're producing ketones, which is wonderful for the short term. You don't want high ketones long term. That's why I don't agree necessarily with the ketogenic diet. It, there's, there's a lot of things going on with that long term, but that's another, I've, I've spoken about that before, I think, but we'll go into that. Regardless, um, so I'll do that. I'll fast, and then I'll have something pretty light in the morning because I'm not a big breakfast person. I do tend to have a bigger lunch. Most of my meals are designed with being, I take, I take these rules of thumb. Am I having rainbow of colors throughout the day, right? Red, orange, yellow, blue, green, violet, whatever it is. And, and when I go food shopping, I'll look and I'll go, let's say I have nothing in my refrigerator. My shopping cart will have in the form of fruits or vegetables every single color. And that'll, that'll last me for the week. So I'll have a week's worth of reds, a week's worth of yellows, a week's, a week's worth of blues. To know that I'll be for, if, if in seven days I empty out that fridge, I know I've had the rainbow of colors, okay? Then when I design my plate, as I mentioned, 50% or more are made of fruits or vegetables. Um, I do tend to do smoothies in the morning, if anything. I, have, uh, I cook a lot of my food or lightly cook. I can't do raw much. Um, so I snack, I do like some organic chips, um, and I tend to have a light lunch. So really the, the uh, light dinner, my lunch is the, the heaviest, heaviest part. Um, when, it, when it comes to <laughs> recipes, uh, that's not necessarily my thing. I'm kind of a bland eater. I just put together stuff and throw it in there. I don't necessarily eat for taste, but there's so many good, good resources out there for people who are eating a plant-based diet. There's different cookbooks. I mean, you literally type in plant-based cookbook, plant-based diet cookbook, and you will find so many awesome resources for those of you that love to cook, which is not me, but I appreciate you all because you make good food when I go out to eat. All right, 
One last note about uh, like my typical daily food thing is I make sure to have fiber. Uh, our Paleolithic ancestors were not eating meat every day. That's the crazy thing about the paleo diet to think that there was a meat heavy diet. Sure, whatever we killed, whenever we got that, we ate that. But most of the Paleolithic diet was coming with high amounts of fiber, which may shake a little Paleolithic camps, but fiber, 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 fiber. And they, people were having, ancestors were having 100 plus grams of fiber a day. You know what the average is in America? 15. You know what the American Heart Association recommends? 25 to 30. You know how much I probably eat? 80 or so. It's so important to pay attention to how much fiber we're getting because that, that is what's ensuring our health by feeding our symbi symbiotic buddies in our gut, our microflora, our microbiome. Those fiber uh, constituents are breaking down and our microbiome is going, thank you, we're gonna give you back health. Pay close attention to how much fiber you're eating, worry less about protein, worry less about carbs, worry less about fat, pay attention to fiber. All right, last part, tattoos. Uh, this is really interesting. I never really spoke about it on Instagram. I never spoke about it on any of blogs or anything. So I like to touch on this. I have probably at this point 13 or so. I've, I've throughout my life, I've gotten so many. I was unaware or, or not maybe, maybe in the dark, uh, blissfully unaware, uh, purposely unaware, um, of what was going in my body at the time. But regardless, yeah, there are some concerns for tattoos. The ink is not necessarily made for tattoos. It's made for industry, painting, printing, things like that, industrial uses. Um, and these agents, they dissolve into the skin, they get into the bloodstream. And we know that these uh, chemicals that are in the ink come in the form of heavy metals, like mercury, copper, tin, thallium, lead, uranium, nasty ones, right? Um, and then different chemicals like PAHs, that's what forms when you overcook meat that crap that is carcinogenic uh, when you're barbecuing. PAHs are in there, formaldehyde, HCBD, which is toxic to the liver. The, there's a predisposition with different things like cellular toxicity, DNA damage, enzyme disruption. So for me, having so many, I make sure that I protect my liver. I have a lot of plant antioxidants. If I need to, I, I take uh, antioxidants in the form of supplements. I drink a lot of green tea. I try to protect myself doing metal detox. That's important because of what I've done with my body. But if you are in the interest of having a tattoo, just be aware of what's in there and what, what, what's it, what it's made out of. Um, are there ways to demand higher quality ink? Yeah, probably you could find non-toxic ink, but most places aren't gonna have that. That probably have to be, you have to have a relationship with your artist. Um, yeah, I think that's a really cool uh, question actually. I never spoke about tattoos and yeah, if you have a lot, just make sure you're taking care of yourself, really feeding your liver, getting all those antioxidants in. All right, look, that was all the question and answers we could do today. I promise you every few shows when there's no guest, I'll be rapid firing. I hope uh, some of these resonated with you, all of them resonated with you. Um, next week, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest. I can't wait to have her on. Uh, as always, I feel blessed. I feel high vibe to be in this position, to be teaching and empowering you all. Um, and again, as always, support the show. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your grandmama, tell your auntie, tell everyone. Much love to you all. Heal thyself.